This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So today, I feel, is by far the most important shear that I have ever, that I will be, have ever given in my life. There is a very huge misunderstanding in the Jewish world of who our God really is. I'm not blaming it on the Chinuch world, I'm not blaming it on anyone specific. But we have this picture in our head that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our God, is a harsh, judgmental, punishing God. And that if you step out of line, you're either going to pay for it here, or you're going to pay for it there. Who wants to have a relationship with such a God? And one of the biggest problems of our generation is that even though a lot of us, and I'm really talking to myself, I'm letting you listen in, do things by rote, do things out of fear, that our children should be healthy, our children should get married, the shit of Boogie Monster, and all the other things, we don't really have a relationship with Hashem. We don't just walk down the street and say, look up and say, God, I just love you, you're amazing. We walk with our heads down, we're scared, it's the three weeks. I gotta make it out of the three weeks without anything happening. I gotta make it without the nine days without anything happening. It's like, the three weeks is punishment time. It is so wrong. It is so destroying Klai Yisrael from within. Why we're taught that way? That everything's a punishment, sickness, death. Everything's a punishment. And that God's a punishing God. The generation that's growing up now, they're not soldiers. They're, they're based on love and relationships. They're not going to serve Hashem because he's going to punish them. I've heard from so many girls, he's going to punish me anyway. I'm going to Gehenna anyway. I might as well have a good time. We need to learn about who God really is. And that's why I feel that this is probably the most important share that I will ever give. Usually comes out to Pasha's Bullock comes out right before the three weeks. It's not a parsha that we're in school for. So there are certain parshas, there are eight parshas that always come out in the summer that you're not in yeshiva, girls' school or boys' school. So you don't really learn these parshas because you're in camp. But I think that parshas Balak has one of the most important messages that's totally missed. Let's start off with the name of the parsha. Balak was a Russia. He hired Bilam to destroy Klai Yisrael. Why would Hashem name a parasha in the Torah after a guy, an oivet avoid zara? There are only a few names that are used for parshas. Next week's parasha, Pinchas, Zeliyahu. Yisrael, the father-in-law Moshe Rabbeinu, became a ger. Kairach, even though he made a big mistake, according to the Gemara when Shia comes, 
He's a big tzaddik. We call him the Zayda Kairach. Where's Balak? This low-life Goyish Russia. Get his name in the Torah. And if you're going to call the parasha by a guy, why don't you call it Bilam? Balak just has a little teeny piece in the parasha. Bilam is the guy that's walking around trying to curse us and blessing us. So if you're going to call it by a Goyish name, call it Bilam. Says the Medrash. The reason it's called Balak. Because in the end, Balak paid a lot of money to Bilam to curse us. But in the end, he didn't curse us. He blessed us. Matovo Lecha Yaakov. And a lot of other blessings. So even though his intentions were totally wrong, what came from it was a bracha. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that even if your intentions are wrong, but you caught somebody good, that somebody has to have a karasatov. That somebody has to have gratitude. So Hashem says, in a parasha, where a king paid millions of dollars for Bilam to curse the Jews, which means in the end, he paid a lot of money to bless the Jews. I must name the parasha his name because of HaKarasatov. Says the Medrash, Alachas Kama Bakama, surely if you do something for someone with the right intentions, the HaKarasatov that they have to have for you. To the point that Balak's great granddaughter was Rus. And from Rus came David HaMelech. And from David HaMelech comes Mashiach. Because this Russia paid another Russia to curse us and ended up having us blessed. The name of the parasha teaches us how God is so strict about gratitude. Okay. So we go on in the parasha and Bilam says to Balak, I have to find out what God's, if I should curse the Jews or not. He has a dream. Hashem comes to him in the dream. Hashem says, Don't go with them. Don't curse them. Because they're blessed. Gets up, Bilam the next morning, tells Balak's men, no can go. God spoke to me, he said I can't go. Even if he offered me a house full of gold and a house full of silver, I still couldn't go. So he sort of put out that he wants money. He said, okay, tonight we'll have another dream, we'll see what God says. So, he has another dream, and Hashem says, okay, come, go, you can go with them, but whatever I put in your mouth, that's what you have to say. He gets up in the morning, he saddles his donkey, and he goes with Moab. The most important Rashi, I mean, who am I to say this, but I think one of the most important Rashi's in the whole Torah is the Rashi I'm about to tell you, and it's the Rashi that people just don't talk about. Okay, he gets permission from Hashem to go curse the Jews because he's getting a lot of money. And Hashem's like, okay, if, even though you're a Russia, I'm not going to stop you from making money. So I'm going to let you go. 
The next Pasik says, Vayichar Afalokim, Hashem became very angry. Ki Hailachu, because he went. Ask Chazal, what do you mean? You told him he could go. So Hashem only told him he could go because he wanted to make money. But when he saddled his own donkey and he didn't let his own servant saddle the donkey, Hashem realized he's not going for the money. He's going because he hates Jews. If he was going for the money, okay, I understand. There's a time for money. But he's not going for that. He got up early in the morning, like Avram Avinu did by that cave, and he saddled his own donkey. So Hashem said, no, 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 no. You hate Jews? Hashem became very angry. That he went for the wrong reasons. Hashem put an angel in the way to block him. And he continued going. He didn't see the angel. One of the most important Rashi's you'll ever hear. Says Rashi, why did Hashem put an angel to block him? All the years that I'm learning, it's simple. Hashem didn't want him to go. He went against Hashem's will. Hashem wanted to block him. The, the angel had a, cha, a cherev, had a sword. He's going to cut his head off. Says Rashi, with Satan light to stop him. Malach shel rachamim hoya. The angel that Hashem sent in front of him was an angel of pity. Hashem wanted to stop him from sinning. Why? So that he shouldn't sin and be destroyed. What is going on here? Bilam is going against Hashem. Hashem is angry at him. What do you do when you're angry at someone? He creates a malach with a sword. Why are you going to chop his head off? The angry God. The vengeful God. Says Rashi, what are you talking about? Hashem sent the malach Gavriel, says the Balaturim, to stop Bilam from sinning because Hashem didn't want to destroy this Russia. That is not normal. That's what you do when you're angry? You send the Malach of Rachamim to stop a Russia from doing an Aveira so they wouldn't be destroyed? Ladies, the answer is yes, that's our God. He's not an angry, vengeful God that wants to chop off even the biggest Russia's head. But just the opposite. He sees a Russia that wants to do the biggest Avera, and instead he says, let me send, it's the only time you'll ever see in the Torah, Malach Shorachamim. He sends an angel of Rachamim, of Rachmanis, to stop the worst, lowest. There was never a man in the world created that was lower than Bilam. He was so Tomei that he, he was married to his donkey. Rashi says, and all the Farshim say, that he had relations to his donkey. His donkey said to him, why are you hitting me? I'm your wife. You learn from that, you shouldn't hit your wife. <laughs> Even a donkey said that. I'm your wife. There was no one lower. He served the Satan. He cursed for a living. That's how he made a living. He cursed people and they died on the spot. Kishbarchu knocked his head off. You're angry at him. He went against you. You created an angel. Chop his head off. Show these guys where it's at. No, that's not the God. That's not God, ladies. That may be the God that we were taught is God, but that's not God. He doesn't chop your head off. 
He doesn't want to hurt you. He doesn't want to punish you. He doesn't want to make you sick. For the worst Russia in the world, he sent a Malach of Rachman to stop him because he didn't want him to be lost. Wow, what a Rashi. Let's go further. So, the Asai, the donkey, sees the Malach. And he turns to go away, not to run in front of, to get his head chopped off. And Bilam doesn't see the Malach. And he hits the Asai. And then the Asam, the donkey, continues going and the Malach again tries to stop him. And this time he squeezes against the wall and he squashes Bilam's leg. And Bilam hits him again. And then he's going through a narrow little alley and the Malach's in front of him again. And Bilam hits him a third time. Now, Matiftach is Pia Asam. Hashem, it says in, in Pirkei Yavos that Hashem created the mouth of the donkey, the Pia Asan, that a donkey would be able to talk right before Shabbos on the last day of creation. Ben there of Shabbos, there were ten things created. One of them was the Pia Asan. So ladies, I would think, if he created a donkey to talk, the donkey's going to say something that's miraculous. I mean, otherwise, why would you make a donkey talk? So the donkey opens his mouth and he says the following. What did I do to you? That you hit me these three times. What did I do to you? All right, I squashed your foot a little bit. What did I do to you that you beat me like this? You embarrassed me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would have killed you. Now, along with him were the, were the people of Moab. They were watching this whole thing. The people of Mejan, they were watching this whole thing between this donkey talking to Bilam. And Bilam's telling him, if I would have had a sword in my hand, I would have killed you. Says the Medrash that the Asson, the donkey said back, it's not in the Pasuk, said back to Bilam, one second, your power is not the sword, your power is the curse, is the mouth. Why can't you just curse me and kill me? You're going... You're going to curse the Jewish nation, wipe out millions of Jews. You can't even curse me. You, you need a sword to kill me. He made fun of him. He said, you need a sword to kill me. Why don't you just curse me? So he was embarrassed. Okay. By the time Austin Bilam, the donkey said to Bilam, Hello, Enochi Asencha, aren't I your donkey, your wife? Asher Rechafta Allah, you've ridden me from the beginning until now did I ever do this before? did I ever hurt you before? and Bilam said no you never did this before you've always been you've always been perfect that's it end of story ladies he dies on the spot finish have a good day donkey dies on the spot so one second, what did Hashem do? Hashem opened the mouth of the donkey to say what? I've been a great wife till now. I never messed up. Why'd you hit me? That's what Hashem made a miracle? What should the donkey have said to Bilam? Why did you hit me three times? There's a malach in the way. The donkey never told Bilam there was a malach. Bilam saying, I hit you because look what you did. So he should have answered, yeah. You know why I did it? Because there was a malach in front of me. 
He had an excuse. Why did he say the excuse? Instead, he gives him a Moshe schmooze. I've been there all my life for you, right? Yeah. So why now all of a sudden did you hit me? And then he dies. Says Chazal, ladies. The message that Hashem created, the last second of creation, to summarize all of creation, haven't I always been there for you? And if all of a sudden it's not going right, and your foot got squashed, or I didn't act exactly like you wanted me to, you chucked, you threw out everything I did till now? The message wasn't for Bilam. The donkey wasn't talking to Bilam. If the donkey was talking to Bilam, he would have said to Bilam, there's a malach in the way. The donkey was talking to us. Haven't I always been there for you? So right now, when it doesn't look so good, you're kicking me? You're hitting me? You're threatening me? The problem that Klai Yisrael had in the whole Torah... You will see it minimum of five times that Klaishra will say to Moshe, You took us out of Mitzrayim to die in the midbar by the water, by the mine, by, by everything. Over and over and over, they always complain to Moshe Rabbeinu, You took us out of Mitzrayim to die in the midbar. What's the problem with that statement, ladies? What's the problem with that statement? That they're focusing on. The dying in the midbar. The statement makes no sense. That you took me out of Mitzrayim, you made all the miracles, Kriyas Yamsuf, we're not slaves anymore, the, the, ten, the, the ten plagues, that you took us out of Mitzrayim, why don't you dwell on that thought? How do you go from you took me to Mitzrayim to die in the midbar? Because you forgot the good. You forgot you took me out of Mitzrayim. The whole thing is an oxymoron. Makes no sense. You made all these miracles to die in the midbar? Hey, you made all these miracles, so I guess I won't die in the midbar. You took me out of Mitzrayim, so I guess we're safe in the midbar. What do you mean you took me out of Mitzrayim to die in the midbar? It's the opposite logic, and the answer is, no, hakaras hatov for what you did. And when you don't have hakaras hatov for what you did, then you become a big complainer. And you only focus on what you don't have, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu was there for you, until that point. So the Asam said to Bilam, HaKaraz HaTov, that's my message, that a Malach is standing in front of us, you don't need me to say that, the next Pasuk, the Malach reveals himself, you don't need an Asam to talk, a donkey to talk, the donkey statement was to all of us haven't I always been there stuff doesn't look good right now so you're throwing you're beating me you're hitting me by a gal Hashem is in a bilam so the donkey died why the donkey died what a super super donkey we would have all gone to Ringley Brothers Peter would have been upset but whatever a donkey that talks it's amazing why did Hashem kill the donkey so there are, there are many reasons brought. One of the reasons that's brought is that he would have become a Vaidazara, a donkey that talks, everybody would have bowed down to him. But in the Yalkut Shimoni, 
It says something amazing. The Yaakov Shimoni says that Hashem didn't want to embarrass Bilam. And if the donkey was alive, everybody would point to the donkey and say, that's the donkey that made him look so bad. That's the donkey that answered him back about the sword and the cursing. And everybody walking around and it would be bad-mouthing. Says this delusion of the Yaakov Shimoni. Chas, Hashem was sensitive, al-kvoid, Bilam. He was sensitive on the respect that Bilam would get. That's what you're worried about? You're killing the donkey because he might embarrass Bilam, that Russia, that low life? Yeah. There's no reason to embarrass him. He's a Russia, and he'll get what he has to come, but why you embarrass him? There's no reason to embarrass him. Brings out a Gemara. And the Gemara says, the, the lowest Avera, one of the lowest Avera in the Torah, is when a, when a human being has a physical relationship with an animal. That's like the lowest. The Torah says that if a woman has a physical relationship with a, a male animal, the woman has to die and the animal has to die. So they ask, why does, it, why does the animal have to die? The animal has no das, he didn't know what he was doing. The woman has to die, we understand. She committed big avera. Why does the animal have to die? So you know what the terrorist is? Because even this woman who did the worst avera there is, who stooped to the lowest place that a human being can, chas, Hashem is worried, the sensitivity, that people will point to the animal and say, that was the animal that what's her name was with. And Hashem says, she's going to get her punishment. There's no reason to embarrass her after the punishment. The animal has to die also. Ladies, this is our God. He's worried about the feelings of the lowest. He's sensitive to the feeling of the worst. That he killed the donkey and he kills the animal. We don't want anyone pointing to the animal and saying, Oh, remember that woman? Ah, That's the animal. No, kill it. Get rid of it. No one should know which animal it was. That's the God that we have. The God that creates a malach that creates an angel of Rachamim to stop the worst person from doing an Avera because Hashem doesn't want that person to be punished. And we're just so out of touch. We just, we don't understand who Hashem is. Hashem says, My mouth opens to, to say your praise. Don't say, I want this, I want that, I want that. To be jumping that, you took me out of Mitzrayim! If you took out me, try him, definitely didn't take me to kill me in the midbar. But the Jews didn't see, they didn't have a cross at for the Yitzhak Mitzrayim. If you don't have a cross at for the Yitzhak Mitzrayim, then you're a kafay toiv for going into Eretz Yisrael. And that's how the whole Moragim, and that's the three weeks, and that's Tisha B'Av, and that's, that's everything that we're in right now. With the basis of kafay toiv, what were they worried about going into Israel? What were you worried about? You just beat the biggest country in the world. And the answer is, they didn't think about coming out of Mitzrayim. They just used that for their complaints. So the Malach reveals himself and he says to him, why did you hit your donkey these three times? I was standing there. And Bilam says to the Malach, I sinned. Why did I sin? He should have said I sinned that I hit, I hit my donkey and he, he saved my life. No, he was a kafui toiv. He had no appreciation. So he didn't say, I sinned because I hit my donkey. 
My sin was that I didn't see you. I had a Rebbe in Beishraga. He was always on time for Shir. Never late. One day he came 20 minutes late. So we asked him, Rebbe, it's not like you. Why are you late? He said, he just got a ticket for going through a red light. And the policeman stopped him in Muncie. He got a ticket. So we said, Rebbe, you didn't know it was red light? You didn't see the red light? He said, no, I saw the red light. I didn't see the police. <laughs> so that's what Bilam said over here. Instead of saying, I sinned, I sinned because of what I did. I'm a miserable lowlife. Beat up my donkey. He said, you know what I sinned? That's the rationalization. I sinned because I didn't see you. That's my sin. How can my donkey see you and not me? It's all about him. But there's a much deeper meaning. And the deeper meaning is, according to Rashi, Hashem created a malach to save him, a malach of rachamim. And Bilam said, my sin was that I was so involved, son orangutan, in doing my Avera, that I didn't see the stop sign. I didn't see the malach that Hashem sent to stop me. And that's a sin. When I'm so into doing wrong, and Hashem is sending me all these signs, first on my house as, as Taras, then on my clothing, I still don't get it, then on my skin, that my sin was that you sent me a malach Hashem to help me. And I was so orangutan in my Avera that I didn't see him. On a deeper level, that my sin wasn't that I hit the Asan. My sin is what the Asan was telling me, that I had all these good times with my donkey. And now the donkey's doing something wrong. I should have realized, I didn't see Hashem in it. I thought it was my donkey. Why are you hitting a donkey? Because you think it's the donkey. The donkey's the one that hurt you. So I hit the donkey and I blamed the donkey. When really, Chotasi, that I didn't see the Yad Hashem, I didn't see the Malach. How many times stuff happens to us in life and we blame it on the doctor and we have all these things that we blame it. I made a bad business decision, this, that, and the other thing was a bad shidduch. I should have looked, I should have checked, I should have that. And I could have said, no, Chotasi, it's not the donkey, it's me. And the biggest sin in the world is not seeing the Yad Hashem. And that's what this Russia, Bilam, told the Malach. I didn't see there was a Malach. I didn't see it with the shlichas from Hashem. I hit the donkey because I thought it was my donkey. That's one of our biggest mistakes. We blame it on the doctor, we blame it on this, and we blame it on that, and he got cancer because he was smoking, and he got this, and he got that, and she deserved it, and this, and that, and we try to figure out, we know the reasons, and Boaz died the next morning, he shouldn't have married worse. Meanwhile, the whole reason he stayed alive was to have married worse so that David HaMelech Mashiach should come. We think that we know, we need to decide, to say, my sin is, because I didn't see you. I saw the and I blamed the and I blamed everything else, I blamed the details, but I didn't blame you, I didn't understand that it was coming from you. And that's such a lesson from this week's Pasha before you go into the three weeks. Because the three weeks is a struggle. But we have to appreciate what we have, that we are in the mountains. And that's so much that Akash Baruch has given us, that he took us out of Mitzrayim, that he took us out of the Holocaust, that we're here. 
You think he took us here to hurt us? To put us in pain? To make crises? You think that's what it's about? He creates Mali Rachamim for the worst Russia. How many Mali Rachamim, how many Malachim of Rachamim does he create for each one of us? We have to give this over to our children. We have to give it over to our children. The Kajbok was a loving God. Yes, we don't understand a lot of the consequences that are in this world. But there's no difference between the things that look good and the things that look bad. It's the same God. It's not two gods. It's not a God of good and a God of bad. It's the same Makarish Baruch Hu. Which brings me to a fascinating story from Rabbi Elimelech, who brings down this story. He says the following. His name is Rabbi Elimelech Biederman. He gives a share every single morning. And he says over a story from a Rabbi Fuchs who was collecting money in America. And he was told about a very, very wealthy secular man that he gives charity, so he went to him. And he met the secular man. The man knew nothing. He didn't know Aleph Bays. He knew nothing about Judaism whatsoever. So Rabbi Fuchs said to him, is there something, can I send you someone to learn with you, to teach you, put on tefillin, something, something. He says, no, I'm very connected to God. He says, you don't do any mitzvahs. What do you mean you're connected to God? It's a true story. He said, every morning, I get up, when I come to my breakfast table, I sit at the table, and I say, thank you God, thank you Hashem, for all the things you give me, and all the things you don't give me. He said, really? He says, I thank him equally for what I don't have, and for what I do have. And as Rabbi Fuchs is sitting here, the guy's not from, he doesn't learn Torah, he doesn't wear tefillin, he doesn't do mitzvahs, he never went to yeshiva, what? He's on that level? Who's on that level? You thank Hashem that my daughter is 35 and she's not married. Thank you, Hashem. Come on. Come on. Who's on that level? Thank you, Hashem, that we just lost our house. I don't have a house. He's looking at this man. He's like, where does this come from? So the man tells him a story. And he tells him, and many years ago, a, a Jew from Jerusalem came to him, Yerushalmi, collecting money for his kailel. And he said, this rich man said to the person from Yerushalayim, you know, I'm very, very, very wealthy, as you know, that's why you're here. But, what am I going to do with it all? I'm married 15, 16 years, maybe more, 20 years. I have no children. What, what am I going to do with all this money? So this Yerushalmi said to him, do you love God? He says, absolutely, I love God. We, we're connected. He said, who gave you all your money? No, no question, it's all from God. So God is good. God is the best. So then if He didn't give you children, it must be good. If He gave you money and that's good, it's the same good God. If He didn't give you children, maybe your child is going to grow up to be a mass murderer. Maybe he's going to do a Ponzi scheme and steal billions of dollars from the whole world. Maybe he would poison you. Who knows? So it must be good that you have no children. He says, you know what? I never thought about that. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to thank him that I have no children. 
says over that a month later his wife became pregnant. And he called this Yerushalmi, flew him to America, and said, I want to thank you. Ever thinks I'm thanking God for the stuff I don't have? Look, my wife is pregnant. The doctor said it would never happen. He says, over, Rabbi Mel's better man, another story. He says that there was someone who didn't have money. And this person, I guess, was going around telling people that you have to thank Hashem for not for what you don't have. And he told them, listen, there's people, rich people that, that you know, not doing so well in life altogether, and they're poor people, whatever it is. But, but you love Hashem, and if Hashem, you, you thank Him every day, you're thanking Hashem that you gave me life. So if you're thanking Him that He gave you life, then how could the rest of the day you complain about what He didn't give you? Either he's good or he's not good. If he's not good, why are you thanking him for waking you up the next day and giving you life? If you're saying more dying in the morning, you're thanking him for the good, that means he's good. And if he's good, whatever happens that day, he's good. Make up your mind. If you say Modani, that means I'm thanking you for giving me this day. Even though the day was miserable, it's not miserable. Because you thank him for the day. Whatever happens in that day is good. So this guy started thanking that he has no money. People with money, they don't know what to do, their kid's gonna fight, they're gonna break up the family, who knows what money could do, it's, it's, it's the root of all evil, he starts talking to himself, right? And the people are thinking to himself, I don't want to ever have to thank Hashem, I have no money. So we started thanking Hashem, you know what? Baruch Hashem, I don't have money, I have kids, I have that, you focus on what you do have right away. When you don't have something, what do you do? When you see someone, you're jealous of them, you're like, yeah, but they don't have, that's a nice house, but they don't have, but I have. So, really, when you're jealous of someone, you start to focus, you start to have a corset of what you do have, for a moment. It's like, yeah, but she, her, her kid's not married, so I mean, uh, okay, I don't have that kind of money, but look, look what they're going through, look what they're going through. All of a sudden, you start focusing, not what you don't have, you start focusing what you do have when you're jealous of someone else. Why do you have to be jealous of someone else to focus on what you do have? Focus on what you do have, you have to be jealous of someone else. So if I get up in the morning and he gives me life, then whatever, if he's good, if he's good, he's always good. If he's not good, he's never good. Make up your mind. So this same story, this guy became very, very wealthy. So Rebelli Melech says, if you can get to the level to thank Hashem for what you don't have, He'll give it to you. Now, everyone say, oh good, what a plan. This is amazing. Tomorrow, what I don't have but I want, right, I'm going to thank Hashem that I don't have it. But He knows what's really going on. Ladies, how does it work? Why did it work? Why when this guy thanked Hashem that he had no children, did Hashem give him children? So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, God says, way before you thank me, I give you. For instance, what do you mean? I thank Hashem, I bought a new house, I put a mezuzah on every single door. Says the Gemara, what came first, the mezuzah or the door? I gave you the house. Thank you very much for putting up a mezuzah. But I gave you the house. But Hashem, my son had a bris, and I made a big party. But I gave you the son. Hashem, I put on sixes on my clothes. But I gave you the clothes. So who's first? God. Who's second? We are. But when you thank Hashem for something you don't have, ladies, who's first? You are. You didn't get it yet. So you're first. 
You're thanking Hashem for something you don't have. So you're first. You're like, I'm giving you a thank you. You didn't even give me anything. Hashem says, ah, just like I gave you a house. You gave me a mezuzah. You gave me a thanks that you have no children. Now I got to give you the child because you were first. Now I'm second. Beverly Mellis Biederman's a big other. Is it easy thing to do? No. But it's all based on the same thing. Hakaras hatayv. Appreciating the good. Hakaras means not appreciating. By the way, it's the wrong translation. Hakaras means recognizing. Not appreciating. Hakaras hatayv. Recognizing the good. Now, if I give everyone in this room $100, you're not recognizing the good. You don't need to recognize the good. I gave you $100. But if I gave you a bottle of spoiled milk, there's no good in that, right? To recognize what's good about a bottle of spoiled milk, maybe it becomes cottage cheese if you leave it alone outside for long enough. I don't know. So the hakaras hatov means the opposite. The thing that Bilam did not have. Hakaras hatov is, thank you, I don't have children. Thank you, I don't have money. Thank you, I'm not married. Thank you, I don't feel well. That's a curse I told. What do you mean? What could be good about it? And the answer is, you took us out of Mitzrayim to die in the Midbar? No, you took me out of Mitzrayim. If you took me out of Mitzrayim, there must be something good happening in the Midbar. Well, you wouldn't have taken me out of Mitzrayim. I'm telling you, this is the most important shear that I could ever give you. This is a game changer in your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and understanding who He is. And yes, sometimes it hurts. And sometimes it's hard to find the good. But that's the job of HaKaraz HaTov. Or being able to look into something and to be able to see the good. Said the Asayim to Bilam, Hashem created my mouth at the end of the creation of the world. The last thing he did was give a mouth to a donkey. Do you know why? Because the mouth of the donkey sang, HaKaraz HaTov, I've always been there for you. And the whole world is not worth being created if the human being doesn't recognize the good. Therefore, it was created to be also in the last second of the world. And that's HaKaraz HaTov. I want to end something I heard this week. I have to tell you a short little story. I, I said it this morning when we were sitting in shul. So one of the guys said to me, so I see it, there's a lot of chairs out there. There's going to be a lot of women today. Zachariah, let them have it! Well, they're scared to tell you. They want me to tell you. That's what the guy says to me. Let them have it, Rabbi! I'm like, about what? No, you know, let them have it. So I'll tell you a true story. It happened two years ago to me. So I became very close to this Rabbi Makobo in Eretz Yisrael named Rabbi Rosenwasser. People go to him, he's a tzaddik, he's, he's, he's an amazing man. They go to him, they ask questions in business, they ask questions in everything else. The day after Yom Kippur, I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I go to Rabbi Rosenwasser, I sit in front of him, I'm like, I have one question to ask you. That's it. Is Hashem happy with me? That's all I want to know. I'm killing myself, I'm working with his kids. I'm giving my life to him. Is he happy with what I'm doing? Nobody ever asked him that question before. 
Okay. He closes his eyes. That's what he does. He goes away for like 25 minutes. I'm like, if he was happy, I would have had the answer right away. This is not good. There's too many details in this answer. This is a true story. He comes back 20 minutes later. He goes, Hashem's not happy with you at all. That's not what I expected. I said, what? No, he's really not happy and you need to change your ways. I'm like, I, my, my heart was like, I'm like, what? He says, you know, you get up and you give a lot of criticism. You give a lot of Musr. He says, Musr is okay, but you talk a lot bad about Chayisrael. You talk about all the kids that are off the derech. You talk about people who talk by davening. You talk about people who are watching porn. You talk about all this stuff. I said, yeah, it's part of responsibility to get up. And he says, I know. He says, but you have to understand something. Hashem is a parent. And a parent knows what his kids are doing wrong. And that's fine. He'll deal with it. But don't you come tell him what his kids are doing wrong. No parent wants some guy to come over and say, you know, your kid was talking by davening. You know, your kid has no derech You don't come and tell me that. I know my kid. So Hashem is very mocked, he's very angry that you talk about his kids. He knows exactly what they're doing. You need to change it now. I've never said a critical word since then. So I told these guys, eh, it ain't happening from me. <laughs> Let's think about this for a moment. Kids are off the derech, they're doing what they're doing. There are people that are giving them the wrong chinuch. I got up, I was splattered these people, I went after them. I went crazy on them. I'm like, Pinchas ben Allah's ben Aaron Akayim. I think that's where I come from. I'm a Kayim, but I don't think I'm from Aaron. I think I'm from Pinchas, right? And, and one of the greatest Yetzirahs a person has that when you grow, you start to judge other people. My Rebbe Rav Gamil always says, what's the Yetzirah of a Tzadik? What's the Yetzirah of someone who grows, who stops talking by davening? He starts criticizing everyone who talks by davening. A smoker who stops smoking, he can't understand. You stink from smoke. Last week you were smoking. I can't believe you can't, you can't stop, I stop. A lady who's on a diet is like, what are you eating that cake for? What's wrong with you? You can't look at it and not eat cake? You're like, you were eating it two weeks ago. I know, but you see, I stop. We judge, when we grow, we judge other people. That's the Yetzirah of growth. Not allowed to judge anyone else. But I want you to hear what this man said to me. He said, God knows what his children are doing. You don't tell him. He doesn't need you to tell him. He mamish, Hashem, mamish looks it up. But while he's getting up, I'm changing them. They're stopped. No, shut up. Don't talk about my kids. The Mechal Shabbos are doing every Abdera. They're eating trafe. Hashem says, I know what they're doing, but you don't talk about them. That's how he looks at us. Is that a punishing, angry, vengeful God? That doesn't want anyone to criticize his children, even though he knows what they're doing wrong? And he sent me, Akash Baruch Hu, a month later. So I was stuck, like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> I'm stuck. That was my speech. A month later... I heard a therapist get up and speak about something brand new called positive criticism. I was like, whoa, what's that? It's amazing. Positive criticism... So you have a, you have a daughter who, who doesn't brush her hair, who's always filthy and dirty and a schlump. You call her... She's going to a wedding, you dress her up, and you put her in front of the mirror and say, Chayala... Look how beautiful you are. You are gorgeous. 
you're the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And she looks in the mirror, wow. You didn't say, you never do your hair, you're always dirty, you don't take a shower. You didn't say any of that. You didn't criticize her at all. She looks in that mirror and she says, wow, I am pretty. So the next day when you tell her to take a shower or brush her hair, she's going to do it. Why? You didn't criticize her. Because when you tell me I'm pretty and I'm not acting pretty and I'm not looking pretty, then I'm going to criticize myself. So you built me up. Really, it's not fair what you're doing because by building me up, you're giving me this responsibility that I need to grow into. So Hashem sent me that message. You don't have to criticize my children. Tell them how great they are. And when you tell them how great they are and they're not acting great, they will build themselves up. When you have a guy on a baseball team who's supposed to be hitting home runs and he's striking out, you can run over to him and say, I picked you on my team, you're a loser. He's never going to hit the ball. But if you tell him, you know that last year you hit 20 home runs, you're, you're, you're unbelievable. I mean, you know, you're in a slump right now and I understand it, but wow, I've seen you when you were hot, when you hit every ball out of the park. You know what he's going to do the next morning? He's going to practice, he's going to practice, he's going to practice. Why? Because I can hit home runs. It works in everything. So if your husband's come home and tell you you're an amazing cook, it's not because my wallet's in smoking. But it works in everything. Build them up. They'll criticize themselves. You don't have to criticize them. It's called positive criticism. It works on adults, children, and in every relationship. And that is what God says in Pirkei Avos. Banim atem Hashem. He builds us up and says, You are my children. And every woman in the morning says, Shosani Kitsono. And you need to look at yourself and say, I just made a bracha that I'm God's will. That is the ultimate compliment of anyone. I don't have that compliment. I'm not God's will. I can't make that bracha. It's a bracha batol if I make that bracha. Rav Chaim Kainesi cannot make that bracha tomorrow morning. Every woman in this room can say, Shosani Kitsono. And the Gal Hadar, you make that bracha, we have to say, Baruch provide. So Hashem is telling every woman, You're amazing. You are my will. That's the positive part. The criticism is, you have to look in the mirror and say, am I his will? Am I acting as his will? So he's not telling you you're no good, he's telling you you're a superstar. Are you acting his will? So we'll end with this. You ask a person, you ask any woman in this, in this room, how much do you love your children? Everyone in this room is going to say, or Wallstein is like, there's no boundary to the love of a parent to their child. There's no boundaries. You know, kids will say, how much you love your mommy? Tell Shemayim! Tell Hashem! I hope they say that, anyway. <laughs> to the highest point the little kid knows of, tell Shemayim! We love our children past Shemayim, if I ask a parent. Uh, tell Hashem, to the ultimate, the infinite, the infinite. Right? Everyone agrees? So then, let me ask you a question. How did you love your second child? If you gave all your love to Shemayim, to the infinite place, so how do you love your second child? You gave all your love away already. And the third, and the fourth, and the ninth. On the second child you said, how much do you like your two children? To the end of the world! So what did you do with your third kid? So it seems to be, that for every one of our children, we can add an infinite love. What happens, God forbid, if someone has a special child? Do they love them more than the other children? And the answer is yes, because they have to. They have to give that child more love 
because he has a disability. They have to give that person special attention. So they're taking the normal love that's infinite, that has no boundaries, and they're pushing it even further. Which means that when it comes to loving a person, a child, it's infinite. I want to read you, when Hashem told Avram Avinu to bring his child as a carbon. Hashem says, take your child. Amalal, Avram Avinu said, I have two boys, Ezu Ben, Yishmal, or Yitzchak. Amalal, Yitzchitcha, the special one. Amalal, Zeyachil Imo, Zeyachil Imo. Each one is a special one to his mother. Yitzchak to Sarah, right? And Yishmal to Hagar. Amalal, Hashem said, okay, okay, let's stop playing games. Asher Hasta. The one you love, Yishmael was a Russia, Yitzhak was a Tzadik. Amaloi, Shneim ani Oyev. I love both of them equally, Hashem. Okay, Amaloi, Esher Shaft, Esher Hafta Harbe, the one you love more. Said Avram Avinu to Hashem, Amaloi, Tachi Yesh Gvul Bemeayim. Are there boundaries in your intestines? Don't you have enough love for both? What do you mean the one I love more? I don't love one more than the other. Can't you love both of them infinitely? It's a medrash So they ask, it's a game. Yechidcha, shahafta. Hashem's playing a game. Hashem should have said, as Yitzchak, period, end of game. He was talking to us. There's no special child. There's no child you love more than another child. Each child, Avram said to Akash Baruch I don't understand what you're talking about. Is there a boundary when it comes to love? The Lubavitcher Rebbe said over this. The Lubavitcher Rebbe, when he wasn't the Rebbe, his father-in-law was the Rebbe. There were non-from people coming to see the Rebbe. No yarmulke, short, like really not from people. So, Lubavitcher Rebbe, who wasn't the Rebbe at that time, was very nice to all these people. Made them a coffee, spoke to them. The Hasidim were very upset. Hasidim said, these are not from people. They're Machal Shabbos. They're not even wearing yarmulkes. You should let them have it. Tell them, you want to see the Rebbe? Put a yarmulke on, put tzitzes on, be a mensch. So the Babachar Rebbe was very mixed up. The, 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 the last one. He didn't know what to do. So he went to his father-in-law. And he said to his father-in-law, do you, are you nice to them? Are you not nice to them? Do you give them mustard? Do you give them a hug? What do you do? And he told them over this. And he said that every Jew is a child of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he can give infinite love to every one of us, just like a parent gives the first, the second, the third, the ninth, the eighth, each child an infinite love. But, if he has a special child, a child that doesn't daven, that doesn't learn Torah, that's off the derech, a special needs child when it comes to his soul. Hashem has to give him extra love. So just the opposite. Don't push them away. Bring them close. And when Lubavitcher Rebbe said, that was the lesson that turned him into the Lubavitcher Rebbe. To do all the cure that he did. And he realized that all the guys in Montana we never put on tefillin, who don't know what an Aleph is, who don't know what Hashem is, and all the guys out in South Dakota, and all the people in Vietnam, and all the Jews all over the world are special needs children to God. And therefore, 
extra love needs to be given to them, not less love. It's all about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for us. This week's Parsha. Don't be the one that says, Chatasi, I've sinned. Ki lo yirani, because I didn't see Hashem's hand. And I was busy my whole life trying to fix everything, trying to give everything a reason. And the same God that gave me life this morning, whatever He does is good. And if He's willing to create a Malach to stop the worst Russia in the world from sinning. Now, it's the last word of the Rashi that's the bomb. Okay, Hashem doesn't like when people sin. But over here I would say Hashem should have made him sin so he could be destroyed. The last word is Vayovan. Hashem said, this Russia, I don't want him to be destroyed. If he sins, he's going to be destroyed, which will happen. I don't want anyone to be destroyed. I don't want the worst guy in the world to be destroyed. I don't want the worst woman in the world who did the worst sin that's humanly possible. I don't want an animal walking around with people after she dies. I got a point and said, that was the animal. I don't want it to be embarrassed. What do you mean you want to be embarrassed? Look how she embarrassed you, Hashem. She did the most inhuman, immoral, unbearable that's humanly possible. Everyone should see the animal. Everyone should say, that's what happens to a lady who's with an animal. Look, she died. She was, she was stoned. No, Hashem says, why are you embarrassing her? She died. It's enough. Is that a God that hates us? Is that an angry God, a vengeful God? It's a loving God. And He gives each one of us love that has no boundaries. And He doesn't give the one that's a tzaddik more love. He gives the one that's disabled more love. And that's what we need to give more love. And all these kids that are out there that are so lost, instead of looking at them and judging them, we have to look at them and say, that's a Kodesh Baruch Hu's child that has disabilities. That child Hashem loves maybe even more than me. Right now he needs more attention. Hashem doesn't want you to talk bad about his children, ever. Are you allowed to talk? And that's why the Chafetz Chaim was so strict about Lashon Hara. Don't talk bad about another Jew. It's his kid you're talking bad about. How dare you talk about God's children in a bad way? And maybe in that schus, the schus of Akaras HaToyev, the schus in recognizing the good that Akaras Baruch does, he will bring us back the Beis HaMikdash. And maybe, saying, thank you that I don't have a Beis HaMikdash, which might sound crazy to you, right? How can you thank Hashem? I don't have a Beis HaMikdash. Must be right now that we're in Golis, Mashiach didn't come, must be that for some reason, Golis is good for us. How could Golis be good for us? And the answer is, because without Golis there's no... Without Mitzrayim, there was no Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Without Golis, there was no Mashiach. So maybe if we thank Him for our Golis and what we're going through, we know that for some reason, somehow this is good, that Hashem's going to say like, wow, they thanked me first, now I've got to come second, and I've got to give them the Geula. We should all be like, to see the Geula, but here's the Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.